Welcome to FitChix Chat, the weekly podcast dedicated to educate and empower women to take control of their lives, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, mindset, and wellness. Today's episode is brought to you by FitChix Academy, where we help heart-centered women who love health and fitness get certified as fitness and nutrition coaches and build amazing businesses. If you're ready to create the life, health, and career you love, please join us for any of our upcoming certifications that you can read more about at FitChixAcademy.com. Now let's dive into this week's episode of Fit Chicks Chat. Hello everyone and welcome to Fit Chicks Chat. My name is Amanda Quinn and on today's podcast, Laura Jackson's not joining me because I have the honor of having Dr. Allison Kay join me. Hi Allison, how are you today? Hi Amanda, hi everyone. I'm good, how about you? I'm wonderful, thank you. Um, I am beyond excited, as I was mentioning offline, to have you join us today because one of the things that has completely transformed my entire life is energy work. And personally, because I had went through a lot of personal PTSD, um, a lot of anxiety, um, and just a lot of issues in terms of like my mental health, my emotional health. And instead, I, I chose the path of energy work and meditation work to be able to work through a lot of that, because that just felt true to me. But I think that one of the reasons why I'm so honored and excited to talk to you today is because I really think that a lot of people do not necessarily understand what energy work is. And so just so everyone knows, Dr. Allison Kay is an energy healer. You are um, an author, you're the CEO, and like you are really just doing a ton of things. Would you mind just sharing a little bit more about, first of all, before we get into all of the questions I have, would you mind just sharing a little bit more about who you are and how you got into or how you realized, I guess, because I don't think it's something you really get into. I think it's something that you just realize is your gift. How did that come about for you? <laughs> How did that come about for me? I've always had it um, and I've mm -hmm. just learned how to bring it forward more. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to help humanity. The first career I had was helping the earth through politics. I was a political campaign organizer and helping um, with conservation policies. I then got my master's in public administration and environmental policy. And when I realized that there wasn't enough readiness for change at that time, mm -hmm. fossil fuel was still heavily invested in and used. I then um, said, okay, so if change is going to happen, it's one consciousness at a time. I had already been meditating f at that point when I realized that for like seven years. And I've always looked for how can I, so I, my first major in college was psychology. And after three semesters, I was like, this doesn't nail it for me. It's not answering the question, how do I be the happiest, most thriving version of myself? And how do we do that right. as a society? And so I went from that major to then a political major and then a societal study major uh, social thought political economy and ended up in English literature because it was a study of humans and society through mm -hmm. an art form. So I relied on my bachelor's in English lit and then taught in the classroom, it was in the public school system for a couple of years. As I was graduating my master's, I got trained in my first energy medicine. Now I had been already teaching meditation to adults. Right. So then I started running sessions alongside the, my classroom teaching in an um, inner city public school system in Florida. And I was having my hands over a woman's solar plexus and sacral chakra over her belly, upper and lower, and asked, 
okay, so how do I get even more robust results for my clients? And at the same time, I was aware that my gig within the classroom teaching, I had a minimal student loan because I'd worked all the way through my master's. It wasn't paying me enough. And I felt like I was in a cage and that wasn't okay with me. I'd already been overseas a couple of different times, traveling and living internationally. So there wasn't that sense of adventure. I was having barely enough money for just minimal needs and it wasn't okay with me. So I said, okay, what else is possible? So I ended up getting turned on to within a month of the, to the international school system, interviewed, got a bunch of job offers and chose to go to the, for us, the Far East, to mm-hmm. Taiwan. Right. A small democratic island where the Chinese can practice their traditional practices like Taoism, where the yin yang comes from, mm-hmm. and where acupuncture and all martial arts come from, which is Qigong. Mm-hmm. And so I studied subtle energy, I studied meditation, I studied. Um, the flow of energy more than anything. I got a ton of different traditional treatments, Chinese New Year breaks between semesters. I would go to different parts of Asia and learn more about different traditional treatments for holistic health and wellness. I'd always been a weight trainer. My first year in college, the first semester I was, I took yoga as an elective. The second semester I took weight training and that tells the story right there. So it's just been an unraveling really of learning how to allow, I ultimately like I trained in five different energy medicines and learning how to allow the blessings that I am able to this is going to sound funny, but I feel like I'm very blessed and I have a direct connection to being able to connect with the universal life force energy mm-hmm. to tromp through the woods with my brother and growing up and felt totally connected to everything. And so it's been an aspect of learning how to deliver that to others. So I came back after a decade in Asia with the mission of in the West, we suffer and we struggle more than we need to be, in air quotes there, <laughs> because we run from our our minds. There seems to be like this conclusion that we're so externally geared as a mm-hmm. culture, as a society, you know, with the measurements outwardly of success, the physical tangible, and we, we some of the Catholic, uh, Catholic tradition has been entrainment to fear that there's some badness inside, the guilt, all of that needing to confess. So there's like this lack of awareness in the West that we can work with our own minds and not find the monster under the bed and not confront a boogeyman or not find our crazy. In fact, the basic Buddhist premise is all human minds are neurotic. Here's all these tools to help you with your particular flavor. Right. And so by going into working with our consciousness that then connects to our energy, subtle energy system. Mm -hmm. And by working with that, we can reach our human potential. So I've always done that alongside the weight training. And I got trained and certified as a yoga teacher in India my last year between the semesters before I came back to the States and I'm a Qigong teacher. So when somebody comes to me like with for weight loss, I look at the holistic perspective. I don't Mm -hmm. just say, okay, this is drink green tea in the morning, do cardio first thing in the morning, just give them like physical stuff they can do. I also go to, why would you even pack on the extra weight and look, it's at your belly. Why would you even have it there? So I don't feel like we have the full picture in the West and to be calling energy, I call it energy medicine because one of my other parts of my mission is to professionalize the field. People call it energy work. People think of a connection to tarot readings and people like in these stupid scarves or crystal balls. And so that's all this old stereotyping. 
and by avoiding working with our subtle energy system, we're we're missing out on what how the half of the world thinks as primary and puts the physical as secondary. Mm-hmm. So it just seems ignorant, arrogant, and stupid at this point to call energy work and energy healing. I don't even call myself an energy healer. Right. To think that it's woo-woo and you have to ignore it. It's really your own conditioning and your own fear of some of the stuff that we're here to move beyond as a soul to evolve and to be freer and to have more fun and make choices that lead to more of what we're actually desiring to have that sense of fulfillment. So there's just so much more to life than what we're typically shown. Agree. And I mean, you brought up an interesting point. You were talking about like the external, um, about how we externally look for certain things. I feel like it's not even just a searching outside of ourselves, but it's also a lot of times a lot of blame is placed outside externally. How do people, if people come to you to work on that aspect, A, how would you help somebody understand that, you know, looking outside of yourself is really not going to ever provide you a full solution? And then B, in my opinion, I could be wrong. And And B, like, how would they even get started to understand how to go within? I know that's a loaded question. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, the first question is the, remind me again, say it again, because I'm focused on the second question, which is much bigger. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. The first question was really just understanding, you know, that when somebody is looking externally, it's like understanding that that's not, necessarily how you should go about it. Like if you're constantly searching externally or blaming externally, you're not going to find the solution. It it really does have to come within. Is that correct? Not totally. This is why I said, I'm not sure if I'm right. So I'm curious. You probably felt my, my energy shift and go, ah. So one of the cool things about the work that I do, I absolutely love this aspect Mm -hmm. is because I've removed myself multiple times and lived as an expat outside of our system. And my, what if there's nothing wrong? That's the first book I wrote my 10th year over there. It started as my dissertation for my PhD as a holistic life coach. Mm -hmm. And then it became the book of my perspective from living in a holistic system that puts energy as primary. So a traditional Chinese Taoist saying that is behind acupuncture, behind Qigong and all martial arts, behind the yin yang is where Qi goes. So that's, we we translate Qi as vital life force energy, blood follows. So what that tenant means for traditional Chinese medicine is where energy goes, the physical follows. So that's why they'll put acupuncture needles in your wrist when they're working with your liver, for example, because they understand the energy flows. I find that the Hindu yoga culture understands energy flows at an even more subtle level. The um, Chinese with their meridians and uh, acupuncture have a good understanding of it. It's even more extensive in the yogic uh, uh, philosophy or, t- or school of thought. So what's cool about me and working with me is that I do understand there are societal limits. Like I opened up talking about our conditioning, right? To be conditioned more towards be successful, have the external measurements that people can point to for your success. Mm -hmm. It's not like that in other cultures. So that conditioning alone is able to be cleared at the unconscious level, because from our conditioning, we end up with unconscious conclusions about how the world works. Mm -hmm. Ages zero to eight, 
zero to two, we don't even separate from our parents. We think and feel what they do. Don't even have any separation at two when we're starting to say now, now, (laughs) breaking out, you know, in the tell rule two. I have a four-year-old. I understand that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There was a little intimate connection with what I said. As I was saying it. Yeah. Wonderful, terrible twos. When is it a girl or a boy? A girl. Yeah. So that's when she's forming. Oh, that's sweet. That's when she's <laughs> forming her own identity. So she's separating from you and dad and then developing her own ego identity self. Mm-hmm. And from two to eight, we sit there and look at how the world works as our neurology is forming. So I see mom loves when I do X she gives me that yummy smile and that fun feeling. And I know I get that good feeling. So I'll do more of X. Mm-hmm. So that gets wired unconsciously. And so it could be something like she likes it when I, I copy her or she dresses up and wears a lot of makeup. And I want to be like her because she looks so happy when she's like that. So therefore I have to do that. And so then that could lead to a woman more focused on her physical looks than what is a balanced focus on physical looks. So what I'm saying is we get blocks that ultimately limit our lives because of what we end up thinking, but it's not what we hear in our thinking mind. It's only 15% of what's going on in what I call the back of the house consciousness in our front of the house consciousness that we do here. Right. All the choices we're making every day come from 85, at least percent come from what we don't hear back there. So you could be like channeling your yourself to go to a party, to meet a new guy, a new type of guy. You could have gotten through some kind of, I don't want bad boys anymore pattern and, right. and looking for the good kind of guy. And you go to a party and yet you're still going over there to talk to that guy, the bad boy, because your peripheral vision, because you don't know what else is possible Mm-hmm. doesn't find, doesn't register, doesn't resonate with the guy there that is a new kind of pattern for you because we, uh, there's so many other reasons I could go into. So I do a lot of bringing to the surface when somebody presents an issue to me to work with, I will look at all the factors of what would make them have a belief that I intuit by now, <laughs> I have a really strong intuition and it's only like a flute learning to play the flute perfectly. It's an instrument and it's ridiculous at this point. Um, I'll intuit the core issue almost instantly. And then there's like usually a family of beliefs at an unconscious level. If there was trauma, it's at the subconscious level. And so by clearing those out, I'll also be listing the external sources that are to, to blame. Right. for that kind of thinking, but the work is still being done within. The work is still being done on the person. So I feel like I've kind of implied the second question's mm-hmm. answer. Yes. No, that that completely makes sense. And that's really um, like really eye-opening for me just to th- hear about it from that perspective. It's it's a different perspective that I've never really it's thought beautiful. about. It is. I mean, I'm really different. I, I'm a really, I'm a, I'm a different beast out there. And, and, and I'm called like a thought leader because it is so different what I present. And one of the things I love is what I'm seeing you do right now is watching the relief on somebody's chest that, wait, I'm not responsible for everything. So when people first go into like the spiritual world or the metaphysical, they start getting inspired by yoga and they see a meme that says, um, 
like from the law of attraction, you're responsible for everything. You attract everything. I'm one of the only voices, if not the only voice in this field that I know of that says, no, you're not. There's at least 10%. What I've seen is karma comes in at a certain point in somebody's life. And there's just random stuff that happens. Right. Like just because you're driving by an accident doesn't mean that was all coordinated and orchestrated. You made a choice that morning to drink, go to Starbucks first to get the coffee, which you don't normally do. It's usually at the office. And so you were at that timing. So you caught the accident. There is not everything orchestrated and, and there's a difference between fate and destiny. So I see people take so much responsibility that isn't theirs. Right. When, once they first learn, oh, I go within. The next step is I suck. I'm responsible for this bad creation that happened. No, you're not for everything. Right. I think that I love that statement, you know, because I think now you're you're giving people permission to kind of let go of that yes. thought, to let go of the belief that, you know, yeah. they have to carry this burden and it really isn't their burden to carry always. So I really like, I like that a lot. I'm up to getting everybody free one person at a time who's willing to do that. And as each of us get freer, it works on, we're all connected in some level. Mm -hmm. And so it works to help free up. Like, you know how you see more advertisements now for people starting their own business, doing what they love. Like you see it for legal zoom, you see it for all these services that started around 2013. I came back in 2010 voicing the need to be fulfilled. And I had a lot of clients coming out of the corporate culture, wanting to be fulfilled and do something that meant more to them. Mm -hmm. That's part of the freeing. And what, as right. more of us and more of us do it, then it makes it more accessible to everybody else. Why do you feel as though with that statement, why do you feel as though so many people, is, is it just a trust thing that they don't trust themselves or they don't believe in themselves enough? Because there's, I feel like everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people realize that they need to do something they're passionate about. And they feel as though they're in this rut in their life, right? They feel stuck. And I hear this from a lot of our students in our academy before they join our academy, they're feeling like they're just going through Groundhog Day and they feel like they do need to have something that lights them up and that fi- like that fire within to you know, create something that is bigger than themselves. Why do you feel so many people decide to not take that path? Is it just because of fear? <sighs> The ego mind, which is what I call it, coming out of the decades of teaching and and meditating myself, it's the structure we're given as a human system of mind, body, and spirit. So the word chakra means wheel in Sanskrit, and it's supposed to turn the vital life force energy, and it affects the gland, like here's the thyroid on the left side, really. Mm -hmm. And so every endocrine gland is connected to one of the chakras, and every area of life is connected to one of the chakras. So I'm saying this answer because why else? And it's Friday morning and it's been a heck of a week of output. <laughs> I had a late <laughs> monthly call last night, so I'm losing my, my train of thought. So the, the way that people blame themselves and, and, and feel like they can't get free, the ego mind has this it's given to us to navigate the physical plane. And when we navigate the physical plane, the old wiring for it is if I'm in the jungle, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, do I fight or do I go into flight? We still have that wiring. And so, yeah, it is part of the stress response, but it's also the functioning of the ego mind is to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. So it perceives the unknown or the new 
as a threat. Right. So it is an automatic response to be afraid of the new. You're not responsible for it, but you are responsible for undoing the beliefs and having, I do what's called clearings and activations and having more activated in you, the positive, the courage, which is connected, which is part of the throat chakra's responsibilities, the courage to choose what it is you desire. Um, So I activate the positive and acknowledging the natural response of our systems. It's not going to be only the new, it's going to go into how it's going to figure out the how it's going to be fearful. And last bit is like when I have people coming in to join magic manifestation of money flow, it's my version of your Academy. I'm sensing Mm -hmm. they're expressing uh, nervousness or anxiousness about actually laying down the money and joining. And it's not about anything other than the new being presented to their system. Some people who are more self-aware and can manage themselves better are aware that it's actually excitement, but in our bodies, physiologically excitement and fear are the same reaction. They feel the same physiologically, chemically, mm-hmm. but yeah, the reaction bodily is yeah. the same for those two. Isn't that an ironic little twist? Yes. Fascinating. It really is. It's fascinating to you. Like I said to you, even before offline, like I am, I'm so honored to have this conversation because I feel like it's just, there's so much information that, you know, I study a lot to do with the, the human body, with energy work, with meditation, with chakras, but it's, you know, speaking to somebody who is so educated and so aware is just so, it's so exciting to me. So thank you for sharing all of this. Now you touched on chakras and you mentioned, would you mind just sharing a little bit more about chakras? Cause I feel like a lot of people are not aware of just what chakras are or how chakras work within your body and why it's so important to understand them. Because that piece is, it's like a missing link. I feel for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. It's what we mean by energy um, in a way. Cause that's what turns it right? So you know how you go to a yoga class and you feel better? Everybody knows, even if there's no meditation element Mm -hmm. in yoga, it's because every single pose in yoga is designed to open certain chakras. Yes. So the whole yoga class, you're opening your chakras. Mm -hmm. There's no coincidence that more people are interested in yoga meditation. Now we're going, we're in from 2012 to 2032, what's considered humanity's spiritual awakening. It's also considered our greatest leap in evolution ever. My second book is all about that. And the sin of you cannot go there. <laughs> <laughs> Another interview, please. I, I saw your face. Yeah. So, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's my second book. Um, <laughs> but the chakras themselves are wheels. And that's what it means from Sanskrit to English. And they're seven major ones, top of the head, six chakra, throat, heart, solar plexus, upper belly, lower belly, sacral, root, tailbone, coccyx, Mm -hmm. down to feet. And each of them are supposed to turn energy. And when we have unconscious, and this is where I'm different because then this goes into my Western psychology background and training, because I ended up teaching AP psych in the classroom years later in the international school system. I even created a global psychology course combining East and West. I love that. Thanks. And I'm also a personal trainer certified and I have certification <laughs> as a behavioral change specialist. So I blended, yeah. right? So I, I, I'm, I'm saying that why? Because the chakra column 
is meant to be turning by a life force energy. And what makes it not do that is when we have blocks at the subconscious, like I talked about, and subconscious blocks tend to be from traumas. It's not the only cause. Mm-hmm. But if you think sub, it means under the prefix sub. So if you're having a situation that is hugely unacceptable to you, your conscious mind simply doesn't have the capacity to field it. Right. So it has to go somewhere else and it goes into the subconscious. Mm-hmm. And then all the unconsciousness too, that's like all of the conditioning example I gave and the conclusions about what mom's doing. And she looks happy when she does that. So I, for me to be happy, I'll do that too. That's the unconscious. So what I do is I tie and I don't hear anybody else talking about this. And I've had hosts of summits tell me um, this is the most unique approach they've heard when dealing with the chakra system, I'm combining the consciousness understanding with then that's what locks up a chakra. Right. So if I clear, let's say here is the one for courage and it's the one where we co-create, where we make choices to step into that more fulfilling life path. And we do it one step at a time. We don't expect the whole blessed plan to be downloaded to us, presented to us. Nowadays, it's one step at a time. The how isn't your job. The having the courage to take that step is your job. And the and then I love that one step at a time. So if somebody is hesitant or it's interesting because what's also here that blocks up the throat chakra is when you feel limited and restricted. Like let's say you're one of those people who uses the excuse that I have to support my family's health care insurance if you live in the states where it's capitalistic. So I have to stay in this corporate job because it gives me the health care insurance. And it's drying you the heck out. So this feeling, you might have a tight neck, you might have uh, issues with your thyroid. When you're not feeling it is possible, anything different, when you feel like you have no choice, it's also at the throat chakra. And I'm using it for, for, for I, I, the examples I use are intuitive. So um, what I would do then is I go in and I start clearing out the conditioning of playing it safe in the corporate setting, mm-hmm. the, the conditioning that you actually need the health insurance, because then we open up to seeing other possibilities, like you could purchase it yourself as a small business owner does. Mm-hmm. There are other options. So unraveling like the top of the head concerns going back though to it's not safe to take risks. That woman who wants to leave the corporate job saw her father nailed down to the same job day in and day out like a robot, right? Mm -hmm. So that's an imprint. So that's at the unconscious level. So then as I clear more and more of these beliefs that relate to the throat chakra's domain of life, then this is going to turn more. So the thyroid's going to get flushed more because they're the intersection of mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. So I can access karma and even past life stuff through the spirit element, the body, it Obviously, what I've already said, every endocrine gland is covered by the the chakra column, but also the region of the body the chakra sits in. So as people receive clearings from me, it's interesting. I just, like I said, did a late night call last night for uh, every month. I do a free monthly call on the last Thursday of the month. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I say is you're going to likely feel like a sense of tingling. You may feel more heat or you may feel slight pain at one point. So as this opens more and starts to turn more life force energy or prana, as they say in yoga culture, you might hit where it's been chronically tight. So as the life force is finally able to flush with fresh vital life force energy, a chronically tight area, it has ting as it first hits. So the slight pain, 
So by opening the chakra system, it's meant there's a much more complicated description. I mean, I have a mastermind course where I train people in vibrational upgrade system. It's a combination of the um, energy medicine clearings and activations like I'm talking about, but then it's applied mindfulness. So I am helping gear a person. It's not like, oh, let me eat this peach with presence. That's not the mindfulness I mean. It's instead after the clearings and activations are run on a person, helping the person work with their own opened consciousness at the conscious level, because you have more consciousness now to access so you can be more aware and you can make new choices. And so helping them how to do that is the other component of vibration upgrade system. But as you have more vital life force energy running throughout your entire body, you're also going to have influences that are not just for the body. It's for the mind and the spirit. So you're going to feel a lot more alive like you do coming out of a yoga class and a lot lighter. So it's a path. It's a progression. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you for explaining that. I think, you know, we have so much more we could talk about. Um, I do want to honor your time though. So I know that we do have to go, but um, would you mind just sharing a quick overview of your new book? Because I know you have your new book that just came out in January. Yeah. And would you mind just sharing a little bit more about your book and the premise? Thank you. I usually have one right next to where I interview, but I'm in a little bit of a different That's spot. Okay. This is it. The Dragon Master Creatrix conversations with a female spiritual teacher for these new times it's on amazon only amazon right now they have sole ownership and then it'll go back (laughs) for distribution after that and it's about oh it's a different book the first three books i wrote are strictly nonfiction teaching Mm -hmm. this one i'm teaching but it's done in like i don't know have you ever seen the yogic books where there's a yoga guru they're all male being asked questions by a student and then they espouse their wisdom for pages. Yes. Yes. I do know. I do know exactly. It's more of like a, like a guru telling a story throughout. Is that what you mean? Like those kind of stories that are very common in yoga. Yeah. Because they teach it. Everything's indirect. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I take a lot longer to say something. Yes. Right. So, (laughs) your face oh my god i'm so grateful that you appreciate that you're like the first viewer that gets that technique yes i've read i've read a lot of yoga books i i am a an ashtanga yoga teacher too so i've I've oh that's exactly what i'm certified in yes so i've done a lot of readings All right. So it's half. So it's about it's a woman's story. There's a story narrative. So it's not all pure nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And she's one of the students going on energy on retreat internationally with me where I take people to sacred sites and stone circles at a certain level in training with me at the dragon master levels when I start to take people to. Um, stone circles and show them how to work with the dragons and work with now they've so they first level with me they learn how energy flows they learn uh, to work on themselves with sacred symbols and ancient techniques of opening up their subtle energy system then the second level they're able they're taught how to work on others they usually don't go right out and do that. It takes like a whole nother round of working with me to be courageous enough. And then they go to the master level where they can actually teach some of what I've taught them. The dragon master level is when it opens up a lot more. So it's a woman coming in for her dragon master level. No, it's not. It's before the dragon master level training. She's telling the story. She has an issue in her life that she's not sure about. And it gets resolution at the end of the story. So she's narrating the first half of every chapter Mm -hmm. and 
you feel the group dynamic with all the students there and she's receiving energy medicine training in it. I, I'm not, I'm giving away more secrets than I typically do in that book. I was a little bit <laughs> out of my comfort zone with doing so because in honoring the ancient lineages I'm trained in, it's not to be an in integrity. You can't just throw everything at someone all right. at once. It'll be too much and it'll burn up their system. So then the second half of every chapter are questions and answers. So it's a, they're typical questions. Like even how do I stop caring what other people think about me? Right. And then I espouse wisdom as the, the teacher. Right. <laughs> so it's I, a love, really I love that approach, though. I think it's I think it's a beautiful approach because it gives clarity without it gives clarity with stories. So it makes it it gives it like just an interesting feeling around the information. Not yeah. that the information is not interesting in, you know, if it's coming at you in a nonfiction way, but it just creates like a whole new way of presenting the information and taking the information in for people, especially because it's it's less intimidating, I feel. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's softer. Yes. Not, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for sharing, for everything that you've shared today, for your time, for your energy. Um, thank you, Amanda. Course. It was a really fun interview. Thank you. And for everyone listening, um, we will have the link to your book um, as well as to your program. So if anyone is interested in reaching out to you and connecting with you and learning more and also purchasing your book, all of the links will be available um, at fitchipsacademy.com on the blog post. So everyone, you can reach out there as well. Right. Dr. Allison, thank you so much for your time. Cheers. Namaste. Namaste to you as well. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. Thank you for joining us this week. And remember, if you are ready to create the life, health, and career you love, join us for the upcoming Fitness and Nutrition Expert or our Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Expert certification programs. Download the brochures at fitchicksacademy.com.